0: Scott and Adrian, come on up. Uh, As you know, this has been a, a special week. It's not been Super Bowl week. It's been Candidating Week. If you're new to church world, that means when a new pastor is being interviewed for a position, you parade the husband and wife through a gauntlet. Pretty much. A gauntlet of meetings and meals and unofficial meetings and viewings of houses and schools and everything, and they arrived on Monday. They haven't stopped yet. And today, typically when you're uh, in this process, it culminates in the candidating sermon. Now, I want to just kind of diffuse this (laughs) (laughs) whole myth, you know, this is just one of a bunch of sermons that you'll get to hear from this gentleman in the years ahead. But it is a, kind of a, a fulcrum of our week because we honor God's word and uh, we believe that's important. Now, the beautiful young lady standing next to him is his wife of 14 years. Her name is Adrienne. And we know that behind every good man is a better woman. Yes. That's right. And so I true. thought it would be great for you to hear from her briefly. And she's going to tell you a little bit about their family.
1: Well, good morning. Thank you so much for having us here. We couldn't be more excited and delighted to be a part of your family today. Um, I just want to introduce you to our little family. And if you look behind us, um, you've got Chase right in the middle there. He is in second grade. And he's kind of our adventurous tree climbing kind of guy that loves Legos and video games, of course. <laughs> this is Alexa sitting here on the post. Uh, she's in kindergarten right now and she is uh, my little mommy. She's the little homemaker girl of the family. She loves cooking and she can make her bed and organize her dolls like none other. She's great. She's so super fun in kindergarten. And then there's little Sienna on the other end and um she's our little free spirit. She's uh, four and a half years old and she just has a good time. She loves loving on everybody and we've just got a wonderful little family and they're ready to be loved by you.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, you can imagine what it must be like to imagine moving your, your kids and uh, all the packing and all the things that will happen. I know most of you have been a part of a lot of different means, but for in case you haven't met them and haven't heard kind of the details, here's what happens. Today he will preach, and um, uh, the, the elders will give an offer letter to them today. And um, the elders met again after a full week of meetings and debriefing and reported, and we had a meeting yesterday. And uh, so they are going to be able to receive that. We've asked them to go home and pray about it. And then what was that? We have, they have to pray outside in the snow though. Pray outside yeah. in the snoring. <laughs> Chad has asked they pray in the snow with shorts and flip-flops on. Uh. By the end of this week, uh, Lord willing, no later than Friday, they will give us a response. And then uh, assuming that that response is a yes, Then uh, on March 9th or 10th, they will be flying back to California, and his first day in the office will be Monday, March 11th, and his first Sunday preaching would be Sunday, March 17th. So that's the schedule as we look forward. So without any further ado, would you give a warm ABF welcome (laughs) to Pastor, my friend, Your future pastor, God willing, (laughs) please say yes.
2: (laughs) Scott Cagle. Thanks, brother. You too, bro. That's it. No. No. Thank you, guys, very, very much. That's very kind of you. We have uh, felt all week just so welcomed and loved and just it's been a a huge blessing. And I want to just personally thank John Irwin. We celebrated one birthday, but did you guys know it was his 29th birthday on Friday as well? (laughs) So... Very excited for him. Uh, it was his birthday Friday on, in all seriousness. Well, I'm excited to be with you guys. And um, so as you can imagine, in a, in a full week, and we're coming from a two-hour time change. And so we're uh, still in the mornings. I thought in a week I would adjust. But still, when I normally get up at seven at home every day, I'm up at five sharp. And so so if things are a little incoherent today, there may be a little bit of grace. And so as much as you're wondering what I have to say— so am I. So, uh, so we're in the same place. So excited to uh, dive into God's uh, word today and, uh, and just uh, dig into the series of Colossians. But as I was thinking just about the topic this morning, I think it's uh, pretty interesting how God has wired us up, pretty unique, how we really, if we think about it, we spend our whole entire life trying to avoid Death. We try to, like, we, we're set up so we're constantly, we're, we've got our seat belts, we've got our airbags, we're, we're always, we're trying to avoid death our entire life. In fact, God's even created us with a mechanism inside of us that's pretty cool. I was reading about it even this week. Who can tell me what that is, that, that, the, the thing that protects us? Adrenaline. I'm living on that right now. And so <laughs> adrenaline is, uh, I was reading about it, and it, it does four different things that blocks pain, It gives strength, it gives energy, and the ability to think quickly. And so it doesn't have that kind of sound like a good herbal shake, you know what I mean? So so th- those are the those are the things that that hormone does to protect us. You hear so many stories of different people in, in dangerous situations where that kicks in and they're able to do crazy stuff. I mean, I was reading articles this week about people lifting up cars to get somebody uh, unpro- out from underneath. Have you guys heard that? I read one article, this was pretty cool, of a woman uh, that she was in Quebec and she actually fought off a polar bear to protect her kids. And I was like, cool, cool stuff. I'm like, how does that work? And I was thinking through my own life, and you can probably, I see people like, I've had something like that, kind of. Uh, but I was thinking through my own life when adrenaline has uh, kicked in. Have you guys ever had something where you're like, man, it's, it's flowing. Like, I, I'm feeling it. I'm quick. I'm smart. All the, all the above. And uh, I was thinking, my, my wife and I, uh, before we had kids, we, had, we shot for one last vacation. Anybody do this before marriage? One last good vacation uh, before the, the kid train started flowing, and, uh, and so, uh, so we went to, my parents had a time show, we went to St. Martin in the Caribbean, beautiful place, it was fantastic. So we're down there, and she's like six plus months, whatever, pregnant, she looked like she was about to pop, and, uh, and so we're trying to get in at the last vacation, but she couldn't do a whole lot, and I'm a big snorkeler, love going and uh, exploring. And all week, right down from the place we are staying at, somebody had told me that there was this, this uh, ship that had sunk, and it was a great dive spot. So I'm, I'm like, honey, are you sure you're not up to it? I'm like, you're, you're like a bobber. And, uh, and so, and so, and, uh, nothing but love. And, um, and, and so, and so she's like, no, she's like, like, just go out there and, and, and check it out for yourself. But it was, it was one of the days that the water wasn't super clear. It was, was kind of choppy from a storm it had the day before. And so the visibility was maybe just 10 to 15 feet. So I start swimming out. They said, oh, it's probably about 100, maybe 200 yards. When you're swimming in the ocean, you're like, that's, that's pretty far out there. I start swimming out to get to check out this dive site. I'm looking around, but not real great visibility. And uh, you can maybe guess where this story's going. I look, and all of a sudden, and I've swum a lot, and I've seen sharks a lot of different times in the ocean. And I see, out of the corner of my eye, and visibility is real light, I see a a good-sized shark just swim right across my path, and it didn't look like it was friendly. And so all of a sudden, like, my heart starts racing, and it went from being able to see it to completely disappearing, and it looked ticked off. And so I was like... I need to get to shore. Like, your heart starts racing. And I started swimming. I, I had the, the fins on I'm pretty sure my body didn't really touch the water. You know, like uh, the, like in the cartoons. Like, I was, like, just just panicking, heading for the shore. And, uh, and Michael Phelps would have had nothing on me. But uh, by, by, by God's grace, I made it there safely and able to stand here and tell about that story. And the point and the whole reason I talk about that was, one, to loosen you up. But uh, also was also, just, just to bring up the, the point about the way that God's designed us to resist death, we also have that same tendency spiritually to resist transformation. That old self doesn't want to die very easily. Doesn't want to die very easily. And so in a spiritual sense, our old self is just clinging on and just fighting for dear life. And this morning we're going to be talking about, in Colossians, it actually uh, addresses that quite a book, quite a bit. I've been, uh, wor- it's, I, I think John mentioned that. It's kind of ironic. I've been working through the book of Colossians at home as I'm speaking at the church that I'm currently at, and I was scheduled to speak on this text this coming Sunday, so uh, now the work's already done, so thank you. Praise the Lord. Um, but Colossians 3.5 says this, put to death what is earthly in you. Three nine says, "Put off the old self." There's a there's a running theme that there's this this taking off and putting to death process that happens in the life of a believer. Have you guys felt that? It, it's not an overnight thing. It's a, it's like layers coming off over time. And there's usually a lot of resistance to it. I've noticed in my own life that you either let it happen willingly or God does it kicking and screaming. And so this morning we're going to look at in this passage in Colossians 4, 2 through 6. If you guys want to turn to your Bibles, we're going to have it on the, the screen up there. I'll be uh, teaching out of the ESV version this morning. Uh, But the first text, it it, it really points us, before we dive in, to the idea of dying or dead to silent living. Putting to death this whole idea. And when I say silent living, I define it as this. An existence where we barely talk to God or about Him with others. Silent living. An existence where we barely talk to God or about Him with others. There's so, the the, the truth is, is there's really, there's no such thing as a silent ambassador. But as most things in the Christian life, it starts with prayer. So let me just pray about our time and we'll dive into the tech. Dear God, we thank you for this chance to get into your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your patience with us. We thank you that you don't leave us here floundering and wondering how to navigate through this life. You've given us a very, very practical tool in your word I pray that you'd teach us this morning. That would be very little about me and assessing me maybe in this moment, but a lot about you and your glory and the word that you've left us. I pray that we'd be small and you'd be great. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So the first section that we're going to be looking at in verse 2, I titled this section, Dead to a Silent Relationship. It says, Continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Again, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. It's interesting the the reason I chose the word relationship because that's really what the Christian walk is about. And that's when we talk about the topic of prayer. That's what it comes down to. We were designed to be in a relationship with God, but unfortunately we weren't born in that relationship. We're created for it, but it's not a guarantee. No more than uh, walking down an aisle with with a white dress and making promises guarantees a great relationship. Embracing Jesus' death as payment for our sins is just the starting point of a new relationship with God. I, I, if I stood up here and told you guys, oh, I have this fantastic relationship with Adrian, but man, it's been a few weeks since we've talked. You know, we don't talk very often. You'd be like, what? You'd be like, that's not even possible. Like a healthy relationship involves communication both ways. And it, it gives a real practical advice on how that, that plays out in a, a relationship. Is It says, continue steadfastly in prayer steadfastly. The word steadfast in NIV, it says devote yourselves to it. It's something that takes some work because it's not natural to us. I'm always pulling aside my son, Chase, who's seven. You saw a picture of him, and he he hasn't quite figured out that to be good at something, maybe you guys that have kids recognize this, to be good at something, you have to work hard at it. And he has this, this idea that as soon as you start doing something, you're just going to be naturally great at it. We've had him in these little basketball camps, and like, he's like, yeah, I'm not very good at it. I'm like, you've played for like three hours total. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it takes some work. I'm like, you didn't beat the Bowser Castle in Mario without some work. It takes work to, to get in there. So some parents are like, yes, I know what the Bowser Castle is. And, and, and so putting the work in is critical uh, to, to this. So being steadfast in it, keep on going. And I love it, it says, it just even more practical, it says being watchful in it. Being watchful in it. The, the word in some texts, it says keeping alert. It's very similar to the, the, the words that Jesus gave the disciples. Remember that in the garden? He said, keep alert, keep praying through the night. And they kind of drifted off. But the, the watchful idea, so there's the practical side of prayer, of, of staying awake. One of the areas that I'm responsible for in the church that I'm currently at is overseeing their prayer ministries. And, uh, and we have a, a set-aside prayer room. And what I've noticed in prayer rooms, they always make them so comfortable and cushy with the big pillows and the nice couch and like the dim lighting. I'm like, that's a nap room! And in fact, <laughs> In, in fact, uh, the, the, the prayer room at our, at our current church, I, I make the prayer calendar for the church and, and, and put it in there. This one time, you guys will find this uh, amusing. So this one time, right next to the couch that everybody's there praying at, I found a blanket in a pillow, in a do not disturb sign. A true story. And so people had it still had the piece of tape on it so they could stick it on the, the door. I'm like, okay, it's a nap room. But the, so, there, so there's the practical side of the, of the being watchful. But also even more than that, uh, as I was just going through some different commentaries, the, the idea is, is more than being just staying awake. It's also being specific in your prayer being specific. You can't be very steadfast in your prayer when your prayers are vague. You know what I'm saying? If you're just, oh, I pray that God would bless that family. You know, like, that, no, let, let's think of some specific things, because we, we end up being passionate about things when, when it's specific. And so trying to move our prayer life to less uh, vaguity or that's probably not even a word, uh, but, but, but moving to specific things, because we end up being passionate about uh, specific things. And so if you're going to be steadfast, you need to be watchful in it. Being watchful in it. And then, the next thing, uh, uh, in addition to being a specific area of burden, you also see the word thanksgiving. It's almost always, if you do a study on this, it's a fun uh, exercise. I was doing that even the last couple of weeks, looking at the word thanksgiving. It's almost always attached to prayer. It's actually the fifth mention of thanksgiving in this book alone, in Colossians, the fifth time in those four chapters that's been mentioned. Thanksgiving is attached to prayer. You know why? because we end up being steadfast when we're taking time to slow down enough and celebrate where God actually answers prayer, right? When we slow down and we're like, man, God, you start looking at his track record, you're like, you've been faithful here, you've been good here, you've been so awesome there. My, uh, my best friend, um, it's actually a, been a church planner out here. His name's Joe Basil, and uh, he's actually spoken here to this church. Some of you might remember him. He has the nice tattoos, uh, super conservative guy. And, uh, and so, um, not really. Uh, and, and so he was telling me the, the story. So he comes from a family of eight kids. It, it was neat, because my family, I've known him since like ninth grade, got to be a part of bringing him to Christ, and it's been great seeing his life, life transformed, and uh, and so he was telling the story he has eight siblings he has one and he and none of them when he came to Christ none of them were saved a few of them have come to Christ since but he was telling the story of his of his sister Carolyn that had asked him like man we're, we're building a house but we're trying to to sell our current house anybody ever been in that scenario not fun because you're like wait I can't carry two mortgages and so she's like that'd be great if you could pray for that and so he in his prayer time he was praying for his sister Carolyn and she, she's not a believer and he really sensed from God him, him talking to him and saying, you're supposed to call Carolyn. And he said, I don't know what, where this came from. It wasn't necessarily an audible voice, but it was an impression that God put on his heart. That you're supposed to call her and tell her that her house is going to sell today. And it's only me showing how much I love you. And so he's in his prayer time. He's like, I don't know about that. Like that's a, that's a little charismatic. I don't know. And uh, and so, but he's like, you know, what? in faith, I'm just gonna do it and let God let God deal with it. And so, so he so he called he called up his sister Carolyn and uh, got on the phone with her. And he's like, he's like, I know. Uh, this is gonna sound super weird, but uh, but God told me in my prayer time that that your your house is supposed to it, it's gonna sell today, and uh, and he just God just wanted to show you how much He loves you, He's crazy about you, and she was listening <laughs> on the other end of the line. She's like, "Okay, Joe, cuckoo, you know, and uh, and so uh, and, and so at the at the at, he he said he went back into his day, not even really thinking about what the conversation, just kind of went back to things he was praying over it. But uh, and he and he said at the end of the conversation, he said, "Do me a favor and call me when it's." sells okay and she's like okay she's like but but nobody's even walked through the house in like two months and uh and so and so he's like yeah that's great and so uh he's going back into his day he said he actually forgot uh, actually talking about this with her and um and she uh, about seven or eight at night he, he you can guess where this is going gets gets the phone call he's like she's like joe you're not gonna believe what happened a person that walked through it two months ago gave a call put in an offer we landed on a price the the house sold today She's like he's like what? He's like he's like oh yeah god said it was and he's like he's like man of faith and uh, but it's so fun to to take time and even as a, as a community as a body of believers to share those stories of where god has been faithful and true whether it's to your family to your circumstances your finances he's so faithful and you know what all of a sudden when we're taking time in thanksgiving all of a sudden steadfast isn't so hard. When your prayers are focused, all of a sudden steadfast seems doable. Do you know what I'm saying? And so that, that's the challenge just as we're starting to break off this old self of silent living. So dead to a silent relationship. It goes on in the text, verse three, chapter four. We start to see how, how this, 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 this trickles into every other aspect of your life. That's kind of how prayer works. Verse three, it says, at the same time, This is Paul talking. Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Let's pause there for a second. Love it. It says, At the same time, Pray also for us. I kind of picture Paul like, hey, hey if you're going to do this prayer thing, like lift up a brother, man. Like, Don't forget about me. And so at the same time you're doing this prayer thing, make sure you're, you're caring for other people, not letting your prayer be centered around you and your stuff and your little world. And so he's pointing that out that, this, that, that he was asking. And it's interesting to me, if you think through what would be at the top of, of Paul's prayer list, if I was behind bars, I got to admit, probably probably praying for opportunities might not have made it to the top of the prayer list. It might be like, open the gates and get me out of here. But what, but, but what actually made it to the top of Paul's prayer list was this. You, you read in the text, he says, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. He was so passionate about not missing opportunities, not missing opportunities to proclaim Christ, to redirect people's eternities, that that made it to the top of his prayer list. And I love it because he unpacks it a little bit of what the, the, the open door is for. So the, the, the door that's opened, a lot of us get confused on this, that you're praying for open doors, but not so much for anything other than what does it say that you're supposed to open the doors to be open for? The word. The door would be open for the word. I think we get confused on that sometimes. We get confused thinking it's about a compelling presentation. Man, if I just work this in and I get this illustration and I do this right, man, it's gonna be it's gonna draw people. But I say, no, the word. We get confused that maybe it's about a strong argument, like, man, if I can just debate creation versus evolution, and successfully bash that scientist down, then they're going to come to Christ. No, it's saying the word, or a dynamic personality, I'm so, so impressive that, that I'm going to win this person to Christ. Nope. open the door for the word, keeping it simple. I was at church a, a few weeks back, and a, a guy was walking into the atrium, the, the church that we're at, it's a pretty, pretty large church, and he, he just had that uh, confused look on his face, just kind of, he's looking around, just kind of wandering, and uh, I'm sure nobody in here looked like that coming in, and, um, but, but he had that, that, that look that pastors tend to notice, and, and so I went up to him to start, hey, can I help you out with anything, and he's like, Man, I'm just going through a hard time. I'd love to just talk with somebody, and uh, and so I'm like, oh well, I'm can be that somebody, and uh, and so pulled out the pastor badge, showed it, and uh, no, uh, but. But uh, so, so we went and sat down, ended up talking with him for the next hour and a half. We have two services, so talked through the first service with him, just, just sharing about Christ and hearing his story, and it, it was fantastic, but he, he, was like, he was like, this is good. He's like, you, you need to come and meet with my girlfriend at Starbucks and, and talk too. And, so, and so, so then we ended up at Starbucks, and two days later, and, and just sharing the gospel message, what it reminded me, as she's looking, and she didn't know anything about it. We assume, we assume we're in a world that people are like saturated with this, but if we're honest with ourselves, it's more about just getting back to the basics, being faithful and presenting truth. And it was awesome because I was like, I was like, guess what? She's like, I've never owned a Bible. I was like, guess what? There's a free app on your phone. You can download it right now. And she was like, are you kidding me? And so, so it was like this aha moment and we started going through John and like, it, it was just cool to see her eyes open and it wasn't because of some kind of a crazy, presentation that I came up with. It was just pointing her to the word. Isaiah 55 10 says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. There's some promises attached to God's word when we're faithful in getting it out. And, and you wonder, like, well, this is a really big book. Which, which parts am I supposed to share? Like, where, where do I get, begin? What, is, what does the text say about that? It says, to declare, it says, open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. So the word, but which part of the word? The part about the mystery of Christ, right? And so that's what we're trying to get out there because even seeing this couple that I spoke to, it is a mystery to so many. So the, the word that we're get, trying to get out, I jotted down, and this is maybe a, a practical thing for you. You can bring up the slide for that. Uh, the, the 10 great passages about the mystery of Christ. You guys can kind of glance at those. If, if you become my friend on, friend on Facebook, I'll send them to you. And, um... <laughs> John. Some of these are, are no-brainers, but just getting familiar so that this kind of these kind of passages are just on the tip of your tongue. The word that that's just about the mystery of Christ. John three sixteen. We could all say together, "For God so loved the world." I'll let you finish. My son uh, loves quoting that consistently. Uh, John 1:12, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John 5, 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Powerful words. Romans three we're familiar with. For all have sinned and... Romans six twenty three For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord... Romans 10 13 For everyone, I love this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For by grace you have been Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Titus three, five. This might not be as familiar. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness. But according to his own mercy, let that sink in. Nothing to do with us. All about him. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews nine twenty-seven. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. We only get one shot at that. What we do with Christ's offer, his, his offer of forgiveness of sins, it's a big deal. Revelations 3.20, and I know this is based to, to Israel initially, but the promise is still the same. Behold, I stand to the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, what? I'll come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Great reminders, just filling our mind with passages of Scripture so that we're ready, we're, 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 all, we're tapped. If the opportunity comes up, if God opens the door for us, we've got Scripture At the tip of our tongue, we're ready. And, but but I've noticed, too, not only do we have to be ready, we also have to be uh, have eyes for these open doors. And when, when somebody's actually ready to listen, because if we're not careful, we can also do more damage than good if we're not looking for for open doors. Anybody come across that before? Like, uh, I mean, I, I've seen, d- seen some people do some pretty painful evangelism, and you're like, man, you lost a friend there. <laughs> and uh, and, and so, so being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and that's exactly why Paul is praying for for this, he's saying, "God, please open up. So not just open up to the word, but open up uh, to to somebody that's ready to listen. Open up for open up the doors for people that are ready to listen. It's fun. It brings new adventure to your day when you start paying attention to this. You start kind of looking across the landscape, seeing who you think might be open to listening about this. I um." Had my first major injury uh, of my li- well bigger injury uh, of my life this past fall. I was playing basketball and went for a loose ball, and uh, for whatever reason, I think it's something to do with age. Uh, my my uh, my bicep muscle, uh, the tendon there snapped, and, uh, and and it was the one where the the bicep rolls up in a ball, and I was like, finally, the definition I've been looking for, and uh, and so and so so it, it go- went to. The, went to the top there, and, uh, and, and I was kind of, I was kind of there, and I was like, this isn't right, like, this is bad, and, uh, and so I went in, I got some feedback, some other people, and they're like, yeah, that's not right, and, uh, and so I went in, and sure enough, it was torn, and they're like, you got to do surgery for that, then I made a, I made a mistake, I, I went on YouTube to see what the surgery uh, entailed, and so I watched my surgery the night before the surgery, I don't recommend that, and, uh, and so so, but anyway, went, went in and, and had that kind of rebuilt and, uh, and so I, I, actually February first, I was cleared for full activity again, so uh, so excited about that, it makes you grateful for when everything's working right for sure, but uh in that one of the things and, and God doesn't have any accidents i I had the the opportunity there's uh, in the the rehab process uh, they, they had um uh, what would they they call that person that kind of that massages your arm? Uh, yeah, physical therapist. And I thought this was all new to me. I'm like, this is going to be weird having some uh, large woman uh, massaging my arm. And, uh, and and at first I kind of was like all tense and like I don't know about this. But then th- then after that I was like I like this. I started looking forward to the the arm massage. And so she would kind of work out the the muscles. And she, uh, she had a scowl the whole time she's doing it. And uh and, and so but the whole time I was, I was talking to, to, I mean, going to this rehab, I was like, God, man, I've spent so many, like, I'm, I'm going there three times a week. Like, it, it was a big deal. And I was like, man, I, God, just give me an opportunity to open, open up a door to talk to this woman about faith. And I'd gotten to know her and her family. I just kept on praying. And, and, and one conversation, it came up with the topic of uh, how Quickly, life passes by. Anybody uh, feel that? Uh, how quickly it passes by, and and uh, and I was like, man, I, I feel that for sure. Like I, I blink, and it went from thirty to forty, and and uh, and, and so and so she we were talking. And I said, oh, what are your what are your thoughts on what happens when this all comes to an end? Since we're racing upon it, and she kind of fumbled through some kind of a response that really made no sense, and uh, and, and she kind of paused, and she's like well, you're the pastor. What do you think happens? (laughs) And and so so I ended up getting just a great opportunity to just kind of lay out, just lay out the gospel message to her and and share share truth with her. There, There wasn't, Uh, there wasn't a mass revival there in the rehab center, but, but, uh, but just, just planting seeds, being faithful when those doors do open, uh, being willing to step through those and speak up, but open to listen, but also bigger than that. So we're talking about the aspects of an open door here. So open to, for the word, open to listen, and then an open heart. Anybody notice that, that like you can, you can have somebody that maybe they'll, they'll hear you, but they're not really hearing you. You know what I'm saying by that? There's kind of that, that glaze that, there's, that, that comes over someone's eyes when you're, we're talking about Christ. And, and so when we're praying about this, and I'd love for us to even try it as an experiment this week. We've just committed to just praying for open doors, open doors. God, give me open doors. What I believe is you're going to find they're all over the place. But praying also, even more specifically, that, you'd, that God would open up people's hearts because it's a it's a heart thing, and that and that's something that only the Holy Spirit can do where it says that we have blinders on, and so praying for that i I love the idea one author described having green apples and red apples of people that are out there. The green apples are people that still have that glaze on their eyes, but then this is what you're looking for, and I love the the points there. Uh, folks that, that finally, they're at the place where this is a, a sign of a, a being a red apple. They're, they're actually aware of their sin. Some people are still in that denial season, like just don't get it. But when people finally come to the conclusion that, yeah, I've sinned. I, I've blown it. I, I, I've fallen. Like, then there, then there's room to work. I, I love uh, Kirk Cameron's Way of the Master uh, uh, little program he's done. And that's the whole premise. Is like, it's got to start with them having an awareness of of their sin. It was cool. Is that the airsoft thing that they do here, which is painful? Uh, but... Um, <laughs> But uh, was here for that this week, and uh, they gave me the full tour, and uh, and so they. um, But I was like, oh, there's Kirk Cameron picking up his kids from Airsoft. That's fun, and so uh, and so. So anyway, but back to way the master um, was was kind of just the the whole premise of that. Aware of their personal sin, and then it says the, the the author came up with this also open to complete life change. They're done. They've kind of come to the, the end of the ropes and they're like, this path that I've tried to do on my own, I've tried to navigate this, I've tried to uh, figure out my own course, they're, they're just done. They're, they're done with trying to do the self-God thing. They're done with it. Looking for those folks. Those are a lot of times that usually comes after a huge boulder has been dropped on their life, right? Like you think about like uh, all the testimonies that you've heard in your your days. How many of them have a real similar story? They're going along in life. Things were going fine. And then God drops a huge boulder on their life, right? And that boulder might look differently with uh, maybe it's financial. Maybe it's a, a loss in their family. But it's usually the boulder that brings them to this awareness of, man, I need to change. I'm ready to redirect my life. And so looking for that, uh, for, for a green apple versus a red apple, the, the last one there, is humble enough to see their need. Humble enough to see their need. When it's a red apple, the, the, the whole pride thing has finally collapsed and they're humble enough to be like, man, I need something different. This Jesus thing, that sounds fantastic. Forgiveness of sin, a new life with purpose, eternity with him, a restored relationship with God. Yes, that sounds good. Those are the red apples that we're, that we're praying for. That's what Paul made the top of his prayer list, as we saw there. That's what he was saying. Man, I don't need anything other than to just, I just need to be able to make it clear as I ought to speak that I can just present the truth from God's word. And so praying for those open doors. It moves on in the, the text there uh, to continue after the, the open doors. This next section gives some, some practical input as to what we're to be doing while we're waiting for those open doors. Because there's some, some some seasons, maybe some of you have had a family member or somebody that you're praying for, and you're like, man, that door has been just closed a really long time. And so what do you do in that waiting period? What do you do in that season where, man, it just seems like everybody around me is just closed to this whole gospel thing? How do we respond during that waiting season. And look in verse five there, it says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So as we wait for those open doors, it says the first thing there, we'll talk through some of those areas, to walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Be conscious of how people, the fact that people around you are watching everything you do. Because why? Because they love to be able to point out holes like, yes, you claim this, but man, you live this. And that's the biggest thing that... That pulls people away from Christ is inconsistency in somebody's life. Recognizing that we need to live and walk in a a manner that's wise about outsiders. A lot of us just kind of do our deal and we don't even pay attention to the fact that people are watching. The world around you is watching. They're paying attention. You've put your flag up. Yes, I'm a Christ follower. Now, walking in that. I love MacArthur's uh, definition of that walking in wisdom. He says, properly evaluating I mentioned MacArthur since we're in the area. Uh, properly, evaluating, properly evaluating circumstances and making godly decisions. Again, properly evaluating circumstances and making godly decisions. Just being aware of the environment you're in, the, the situations, uh, evaluating them, making wise decisions. That's what it describes when it says walk in wisdom towards others. Then it says making the best use of the time making the best use of the time? Do you guys feel like that, man? When you sometimes step back and you're like, you look at your life and how crazy and hectic it is, and you're like, am I really making the best use of my time? Am I really maximizing the, the, the limited years, the 70, maybe 80, uh, 100, whatever, uh, that, that God gives to somebody on this planet? Am I maximizing those years? My grandfather. We, we come from a really close knit family, and my grandfather was awesome. He was a, uh, a man of God and uh, loved his wife well, loved his his family well, took care of us grandkids well, gave good gifts at Christmas, like all the above, all the all the above that you look for in a grandfather. And uh, and uh, had a place by the shore. Uh, a- anyway, so the the, the thing. That was fun, though, is my dad, and, and as my, my grandfather's days were winding down, he, he got a, a chance to just have some quiet time with him and just talk to him, just like, hey, dad, what? what? So this is my dad talking. I'm saying, what would you, as you look back, if there's anything you'd do differently, what are some things that you'd look back and do differently if you could do it over like, that's a, that's a good question to ask somebody, right? So, so he's asking this question, wasn't really sure because he had really made family a priority. He was a hard worker, worked at the same hospital for, I don't know, 20-something, whatever, a long time. And, and like, he, he treated his wife well, he was good, you know what I mean? He was well-respected, and he's like, what would you do differently? He said, my grandfather said, just in his quiet, fading voice, just said, if I could do anything different, I would have told more people about Jesus, that's, that's one of those things that's that stuck with me for a long time. If you reflect back, and I don't want to get to the end of my days and be like, man, I just wish I would have talked to more people about something that would redirect their eternity. That was, that was, that was his one charge. That was his one, if he could boil it all down, that, that's, what he, that's what he said he'd do differently. And so making the best use of your time, making the best use of your time, after a story like that, you're like, okay, okay, I'm convinced. I'll, I'll do it. Whatever, Mr. Pastor Man. Uh, what, 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 what do I do? And, and thankfully, the text is super practical in, in, in how to respond to that. It, it, says, it says how to do that, making the best use of your time. Let your speech always be gracious. Let your speech always be gracious. Let's pause there for a second. If we're honest with ourselves as Christ followers... That's not a descriptor of us. That's not a descriptor. There's a tendency to point out sin in non-believer's life as if we're the judge. We love to point out and, and say like, yeah, look at, look at those tattoos and you're cheated in business and you're not treating your wife well. And you're like, yeah, but he doesn't know Jesus. He doesn't know Jesus yet. He, he's just being consistent with his worldview that he came up with in his limited amount of time here on this planet. We we fall into this behavior modification mindset, like we're trying to make non-believers act like believers, right? Like, well, it's crazy if you actually stop and think about it. Trying to make lots of nice moral people that don't know Jesus, like, no, that's not our job. We want our we want our speech as we're interacting with our world around us. uh, We we want it to be seasoned. We want it to be we want it to be full of grace. It says, let your the, the word there. Let your speech always be gracious. Not sometimes, always, always be gracious. If you wonder how to maximize your, your time, like w- w- when somebody comes across you, they gotta be like, man, that guy is full of grace. Like, he just lets things, I, I mean, he's not condemning, he's not He's not pointing things, not rubbing my sin in my face, he, he's full of grace. Like, let God be God, he's judge, and we can relax and just be grace givers. How sweet is that? That makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? It's actually freedom in that, that you don't have to be judgmental and pointing out people, and that guy down the block, did you see what he did? Well, yeah, he doesn't know Jesus yet. It shouldn't shock us. And so being just full of grace, full of grace. What would that look like if ABF was a community that like people in the neighborhood are like, man, those people are just full of grace. That would be great, right? <laughs> and so full of grace, that would be fantastic if, if that's how you're known. If somebody that rubs shoulders with you and they asked him like, yeah, man, he just, he just gives undeserved favor like left and right. He just lets, you know what I mean? Like he, he's, he's full of grace. What a gift to, to the people in your circle of influence. Practical stuff from God's word. Making the best use of your time. Let your speech always be gracious. And then this one seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt, it says. I think it's kind of cool, most, I, I've watched a couple cooking shows, I'm not really that guy, uh, but, uh, but, but, but I know a lot of people are pretty into the cooking stuff, but the one thing most chefs, I don't know if Mark's in the room right now or not, but, but, uh, but most chefs would agree the one seasoning that if they had to like fight and hold on to like more deer than anything, it's salt. It makes everything taste better, and it's so hard on your cholesterol. But it's so great. Like, salt salt adds to anything. I've actually been recently exposed. Maybe I'm a little uh, slow. But even dark chocolate with sea salt on it? Oh, man, now we're talking, now we're talking. Like, like, like salt added to just about anything. That's why, like, that's why they can pour chocolate on bacon and people buy it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like which is crazy. Uh, it sounds kind of good, though, doesn't it? Um, and so, so uh, uh, new hors d'oeuvre at the Super Bowl party. So seasoned with salt, seasoned with salt, it's the most in- important ingredient in a chef's cupboard. Our speech should be salty how how does that look how does that look on a on a daily basis be creative with that look for little things little hooks that point to Christ look for things somebody asks you like hey how's how's your day man god has been so faithful and good to me like whoa, that that's probably a little bit different than than what a typical response in the marketplace. Like, uh, oh, uh, how how's your weekend? Oh, that drive down the coast, man, God was screaming in that sunset. Like, what what if we just started pointing to the things that you guys are so numb to the beauty around you? You know what I mean? Like, like, like I, I'm just staring at everything as I'm going around. Like you know, like we're in the Arctic wasteland of Chicago, and uh, and so and so 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 utilizing some of the things to, to just. Point things to Christ. Point things to Christ. It doesn't always have to be a four-point sermon you're preaching to something. Just throwing out hooks. And you know what happens? is those little hooks you start to see where the ripe apples are at, right? You start to see how somebody responds. You start to see, like uh, we were driving with the different realtors this week and like you got to see like ripe apple, green apple. You know, like where, where, where you know, you, you start to get a, get a sense of, uh, of who's open to talking about Christ and who's not. But it starts by having some salty talk, some salty talk. And so think through creatively what that would look like in your week. But you know what? None of this happens by accident. It takes intentionality, I've recognized. Like if you're just stumbling in, into your day and let's see where it takes me. Like, yeah, that doesn't work so much with trying to, to point people to Christ. But if you start and you're, you're praying for open doors, you're, 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 uh, you're throwing little little seeds out there and, and maybe this this person, maybe this person might be open to talking about Christ. Man, I'll tell you what, that changes everything. It changes everything. It brings life and that's why I put this, fully alive in ministry. It brings life to the most ordinary, mundane anything. It brings life to, to whatever, being fully alive in ministry. And that's, that's really what, what he's saying there. Walking wisdom towards outsider, outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt. And when and when those things are happening, look what happens next. So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. When you're gracious and your speech is seasoned with salt, then all of a sudden you're like, how should I re- respond to this situation? With grace and a little salt. There you go. It's not that complicated. And so allowing those things to wash over you, I'll tell you what, it changes everything. But what I've realized though in uh, in ministry is that a lot of times you hear something like this. You hear the uh, challenge, and, and, it, and it has the tendency to be like, yeah, I've heard somebody talk about that before. He was all right, you know. But, but, but what happens is if it, if it actually transforms you? I have a, a good friend that has a ministry, a discipleship school in uh, the Bahamas, which is in a bad location, and, and that's the phone call I didn't mind getting. Can you come speak? Yes. And uh, here I am, Lord, send me. And, uh, and so... And so he's uh I've gotten to spend some time with him. He actually it's a really cool discipleship school. It's called Patmos. He takes uh, folks down there and just builds into them for a, a season. Uh, but he had the cutest when we were down there. We got to meet his little family. How many kids does he has? Like five of his own, and then like six more adopted. And so in a tiny house, uh, kind of like here. Uh, and then. Um, And so, uh, so, uh, spending some time with him, he was telling the story about his youngest daughter, a little cute blonde haired girl, blonde, uh, I don't remember her name, but, but he's telling the story about a dinner party that they, that they had, and they had in different spots of the house, they had these little bowls of, uh, of peanut M&Ms, and so just for, so guests could help themselves, and, uh. Uh, and so he was, say- he was saying, like uh, yeah the guests were there, and one of the guests had to step away from the group to make a phone call and, uh, and so said, "Oh, and so Chet said, well why don 't you just step into our into our bedroom the, the, his, his buddy steps into the into his bedroom and sees in the corner of the room this little girl sitting there double fisting these peanut m and ms all by her she 's got <laughs> chocolate dripping I mean she 's going to town on these m and m s and the funniest thing she looks up the, at the man and says Turn around, mister, and forget what you saw here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh and uh I we were cracking up when he told that story. I was, I was dying. And uh and, and so and so and so with that story, I bring that up because that's kinda how we tend to do church. Kind of how we do church. You hear another sermon. Yeah, that I kind of like that bald guy up there. He's all right, and uh, and, and you you go back and, and nothing's changed. You go back and you turn around, and you forget what you saw there, and, and really the the hope and the prayer is that this dead to silent living, like today's the day you put the stake in the ground. And you're like, yeah, I can do some of that, like. I can pray for open doors. Like, that's doable. I can, I can start getting more serious about my conversations with God, making sure I'm taking time to be thankful and grateful. I, I, that, that's, that's, that's doable. I can, I can get familiar with some passages of Scripture so that when a door does open, and, and you know what? If you actually start to apply some of this, You'll see, I, I talk to so many people that are like, oh, I'm so depressed because I don't know what I'm doing with my career and my life. And I'm like, well, you know what? None of that even matters. That kind of falls by the wayside because this is, when, when this comes to an end, learn from my grandfather. What do you wish you would have done more? Would have pointed in more people to Christ? Let me pray for us. God, we just thank you so much just for this word to us. And I, and I take it and I receive it myself. I don't want to be somebody that's uh, presenting this and not living it. So, God, I pray that you'd use me first, God, to be bold and consistent in this charge. But I pray also for us as a congregation. What would it look like in this this valley, in this region, if you had a a group of people that were committed to praying for open doors, that were really uh, willing to take risks in conversations and, and not be so wrapped up in the potential offense that they miss the idea that somebody's eternity wavering in the balance. God, I pray that you'd use us. God, that we wouldn't be selfish with this truth that you've entrusted us. That we wouldn't be mute ambassadors. God, that you'd do a work in us. God, use us mightily. God, we pray that this would even be a, a marker where we started living differently. That we'd be dead to silent living. We know that we can only do that in your strength. That's why we're coming to you right now and asking for it pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: We will shout it. We will declare it. We will preach it. We will live it. We will become all that you have called us to be. And so we give you that praise and honor today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Scott, come on up. Adrian, come on up. Elders, come on up. This wasn't a single, folks. This was a home run. There's no doubt. There's no doubt, zero, in my mind, that you are looking at your next pastor but he's going to obey god's word he's going to pray for a few days and then he's going to give us an answer and we're going to pray with him and we're going to pray that we will become the church that he talked about we're going to pray very specifically this week that you have an opportunity a door that will be opened And as you have those opportunities, you're gonna email Scott and say, I got a chance to talk to my boss today. I talked to the guy who cuts my hair. I actually met my gardener and learned Spanish and able to communicate with him. An open door. Anybody and everybody. And so we wanna thank you for being open to God, to praying, to looking into this. And I got to tell you, the men behind here, is Paul here, Paul Miller? Because, you know, he's, come on up here, Paul. You, uh, he has been an elder that stepped off uh, the board, but not off the search committee. So he was a part of this process. And I've asked the elders to lay hands on them. And this won't be the first. It will be the first that they have, but it won't be the last. Mm-hmm. And we want to pray for you and your future here. And I'm asked Bill to close our services this morning.
3: know yesterday morning we um, had a meeting here with the leaders of just the leaders of the church and uh, when we were finished we all came up and we we laid hands on Scott and Adrian and prayed for them and you know it was an amazing time because you know there was no like gripping story there was no like something tugging at your heartstrings it was just a time of prayer that was sweet. It was just you couldn't describe. It was just a sweet time of prayer, and we said amen, and everyone was crying. <laughs> I've never seen. I I don't cry, man. It's like I was crying. Uh, Brent Miller, you know, you, you, you know Brents cried. It it was just this sweet, sweet time, uh, and it was just the Holy Spirit and just prayer, and, and just such a sense that God is doing a work here. So let's let's just pray today. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for uh, the truth of what Scott shared, that we've got a message that has changed our life. Lord, our lives, my life was headed just in the wrong direction. It was headed for a train wreck. And somehow, I stumbled upon the message that you have offered grace through your Son and Father, I want to be faithful in just sharing that message to other people because you've rescued me. And Father, we want to be that church that is a lighthouse, that points people to you because we love you and because we know that you love the people in our community, in our world, and you want so much for them to come into the relationship with you. We thank you for what you've done for each of us and Father, I thank you, especially for your faithfulness this week in uh, bringing Scott and Adrian, how just this week they have touched lives. They have their joy, their optimism, their, their just love for you has been infectious and contagious. And Father, I am so grateful for you. Uh, we know that you love this church and evidence of that is just bringing Scott and Adrian here because you love us so much that you brought us a couple of leaders who can point us the right direction and lead us closer to you. And Father, I pray for them in their time headed back home tomorrow and their time of prayer that you would just, uh, as you have with us, just confirm this decision for them. I pray for the housing, uh, for the schooling, for the details, for the moving, for all of the things that are going to have to happen over the next several weeks. And uh, Lord, you are a God who gets down in the details. And so we pray for that for them specifically. That you would make those things happen. That they wouldn't be a hindrance. And uh, we just look forward with great anticipation to all that you're going to do. And we pray in Christ's name that you would make us the church That's right. that you want us to be. That's right. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. Curtis Smith. Thank you. Thanks, God.
0: God bless you, have a wonderful week.